Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm Sue Smith. I'm Caitlin Bradnick, and we, we love, love scams. scams. You guys, oh, guys, we love, them. We love scams. It we is, love you. We love you. It is Saturday night on the East Coast. We are both <laughs> sitting with weird things on our heads. <laughs> we got a screenshot this. Sue and I are in like our family's, um, you know, our, our family's room. mercy. We're at both of their houses. Yeah. We're on vacation visiting family at two different places, not the same family. But we are in the same time zone. So here we, we go. God, yeah. we are. And we're oh, up God. late on a Saturday night to talk to you guys. And honestly, we're, we're <laughs> sipping a LaCroix or two. <laughs> Yeah, we're bubbling wearing, it up. We're bubbling it up. I'm wearing a blanket. She's wearing a hat. <laughs> I'm wearing like a soundproofing <laughs> foam device because this is how much, and it might still be tinny, and I apologize. We are dedicated to podcasting. <laughs> That's what we're saying, people. That's what we're saying, honestly. And also, guys, we want to thank you. We've gotten like some amazing messages. Mm-hmm. Great concerned citizens. We have information coming out the wazoo. We love it. Um, we have fabulous Patreon subscribers. And if you donate on Patreon, which is, we will have the link to on our Instagram page and on our website, we give you your own private scam for that week to look at for. Um, and I believe we've covered everyone. And if we did not cover you, please let us know. We will <laughs> give you a personalized scam. <laughs> Message us. For. Yes, we're giving yeah. you a personalized scam. Speaking of personalized scams, tell it. I was having dinner with my mom and my stepdad over corn on the cob. Uh, my dad my stepdad says you know I got scammed and I was like <gasps> what are you talking about and my mom's like don't tell her don't tell what her. don't tell her like they didn't want me to know because like, I was gonna I think they feel embarrassed so oh. he someone called him saying they were PayPal and Oof. needed his information his financial information Oh, and no. he gave it to them and Ugh. that is bad so he that was sucks he was on the phone for two and a half hours talking to the guy he trusted the guy right away the guy said he was from paypal calling from paypal in pittsburgh and he asked for some of his information and he didn't he didn't give it all but then he got to the point where the guy asked for western union for a wire transfer and my stepdad sent him $500. Oh, no. And got, he immediately, like, his bank protected him, and then he immediately got the money back. But oh. he just, like, he's just a really trusting guy. And he's a nice guy. He'll talk to anybody, make conversation with anybody. And also, people don't call that much these days, so it's kind of nice when you get a phone call. Yeah, no, it is. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, he was asking, the guy was asking him for passwords and stuff like that. And I was, like, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing to watch out for is anytime someone asks you for a password over the phone, it's a scam. Anytime, mm-hmm. usually, anytime someone asks you for a wire transfer, it's a scam. Anytime. Yeah, nobody does wire transfers in the world anymore. I don't, I don't know anyone who's doing what, but like, if it feels official, you'd be like, oh, well, I guess this is the one time a year we use wire transfers when it occurs to you. You know, when they're scamming you, it feels that way. Yeah, and I, I think. He was just really embarrassed because it made him feel like old. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's the worst. It just feels really embarrassing. Yeah, he felt so embarrassed. So you guys watch out for your parents, too, and don't make them feel ashamed. Never make them feel ashamed um, because look at Abby Holland. It can happen to anybody. I know. Let's bring it out in the open. Like the more you talk about it and more talk about scamming. Um, I just, you know, I worry about my grandparents. My uh, grandmother is so sweet. I was vi- I'm visiting her now. And she was telling us about the biggest issue in Leisure World is that someone is parking his car where he's not supposed to park it. <laughs> and what, like, is, oh, what is Leisure World? <laughs> a Leisure World is a senior community. <gasps> that is great. I live in Leisure World. <laughs> it's 
amazing. It's the creme de la creme de la senior citizen. <laughs> and I adore it. They have their own restaurant. They have their own pool. They're right next to a grocery store. It's in a very convenient area. And amazing. we love visiting her. Yeah. But today, the issue in Leisure World was that this one guy who has a very nice wife, so nobody wants to say anything, is parking his car where he shouldn't over and over Ooh. again. But People don't want to get, you know, rubber the wrong way. You don't want to, you know, don't want to shake the waters. But thank God there's no financial scams currently. We'll be on the lookout. Tell them don't give information over the phone. That is a scam. Always. Watch out for weirdly parked cars and weird phone numbers. Yes, exactly. Also, I'm going to transition real quick because I love old timey shit. Yes. <laughs> so last week when I lost my shit over the scam that then brought me to the Swedish world and the Swedish history still no one has reached out to me because <laughs> I guess no one's an expert in Swedish history and what I'm the hell? really trying to what the hell guys so we're going back to my favorite girl Sofia Albertina of Sweden whose brother was that shitty guy what's his name Gustav um and remember I was saying that she had like a secret sister they she might have had a secret daughter we don't know um she had a secret sister and what was so crazy is that Sophia is really badass and she like got down to business and created her own investigation on this secret sister. And she received a letter that cited, hold on. She received a letter from an unnamed woman delivered by another unnamed woman. So that's bizarre. Mm. Um, and it described the circumstances and birth and the childhood of that mystery sister, Lottie. Mm -hmm. So apparently this said that Lottie's mother was a mistress of the king and it was created, it needed to be hush hush because her mother, Sophia's mother, and so Lottie's, I guess, stepmother technically, um, was just humiliated and really upset because this king also fucked a ballerina and the ballerina lived in the palace as well and everybody knew he was fucking the ballerina. Mm -hmm. um, and so the queen was really upset so they made it hush hush and this anonymous letter was received by Sophia addressed to her with her mother's handwriting and her mother's seal mm. so Sophia's to believe that this is all correct and it's her mom and she's and apparently the people in Sweden and in Germany this this woman was like the most talked about woman in the world so there was a letter from Count Frederick George Stromfelt to Electrona Carlotta, God help me. And it says <laughs> that Queen Katie, that was the hardest part of not talking to you during while you were doing this Can't last do week. This. Is like the names were so funny. And I was like, this is insane. It's so hard, you guys. It's like also they jump around while I'm reading it. So I'll go back and I'll be like, oh, the name would Frisrika. But like I couldn't figure that out for a couple of paragraphs. <laughs> Okay, so this in this crazy old-timey letter, um, the queen had a lady-in-waiting by the name of Eula Lewin. She was engaged to some guy, a son of someone. Um, she fell sick and delivered, quote, the petite, who was the daughter of Adolf Frederick. So they call the mystery sister the petite because she's tiny, which is like literally all I want to be called. That's such a compliment. <laughs> I know. Are you the petite? Le petite? Um, so in this letter, it said, the queen promised her husband to care for the child under a vow of secrecy. Those who have seen the countess and her younger years, she was an exact portrait of Lula Luiwen. So um, Mystery Girl was exactly like the lady-in-waiting. It was no doubt the matter. Besides, she also looks like Adolf Frederick, the the king. And this explains why people have found such a resemblance between her and Princess Sophia Albertina. So this was like an official old-timey letter. So people are gossiping about it. This is basically like TMZ, mm -hmm. <laughs> a letter that got published by people saying like, look, this is, they look the same. And obviously it's a brother and sister. Conspiracy theory. Yes. So here's the thing. This girl, Lottie, also became really, really good friends with Sophia, and she would accompany her to the countryside. She would do things at the royal court, which was never done. Like, basically, she was raised as a servant's daughter, as a foster child, because she didn't have any normal birth name. But Sophia knew she was something special. And it said it was like, it was odd that they were like so close. Sophia's shitty brother, Gustav, who I talked about last, um, yeah, who was now the king, the new king. Um, denied this woman, denied Lottie and said she was like, it was full of shit. But Sophia was so obsessed that she arranged a marriage between Lottie and a royal 
somebody so that she would be officially made an in-law of the royal house. So Sophia like Mm. orchestrated fucking marriages. And that's why people gave rumors that maybe it was Sophia's actual daughter, which I don't think it was because the birth dates don't match up. Yeah. Um, But she made her an official companion in the 1800s, her lady-in-waiting in 1818, and her lady, her head lady-in-waiting in in 1823. And then when Sophia died, um, Lottie was put in her will. Mm. Yeah. So they, or they could have been lovers. I don't know. But then it said, um, it is possible that... Sophia planned all of this and made up the history of Lottie so that she could verify Lottie. So it could be, it said, and this could just be hearsay that so, I mean, it's all hearsay. We haven't talked to any of these people, Yeah. but um, that Sophia really wanted her friend to be valued and given just as much um, respect and appreciation as everybody else that she scammed everyone and created this entire Wow. She created the story because, again, there was a letter that wasn't verified with her mother's seal. Sophia could have forged her mother's handwriting. Sophia could have gotten the seal easily. That's amazing. So maybe, I think, maybe Sophia believed that Lottie was such a great friend, such a great person, and shouldn't be treated like the scum of the earth like Mm -hmm. they do to everybody who's not royalty. And then she had a way for the community to validate her and then found and got her married to a royal fancy guy so that she's an official royal person. And then eventually Lottie was officially presented to court in May 1799. So she was an official. Whoa. Yeah, which is like a huge deal. So I kind of think maybe Sophia did it all. Which I is love why that. I love, I love that. She's I amazing. She's I know, a trailblazer. She's just the best. Yeah. So, you know, if you haven't listened to the episode before, I just gush and gush about Sophia. And this is more evidence that she could be also a brilliant con artist as mm. well. Sophia, love you. And you can only hope. You can only hope. Ugh, mm-hmm. Amazing. And if anybody speaks Swedish, please. We're going to need your translation help. We need it. We do. Okay. And That's also, my tiny update. Also, I do want to give a shout out to Lydia Hensler, a uh, friend Thank of the you. pod, who requested another old timey scam. So we did that <laughs> just for her. So, Lydia, I am going down these holes, <laughs> these long, long holes <laughs> for you. And I hope and you me. like them. Yes. <laughs> Okay, I have a scam. So usually we collaborate on like what we're going to do and we talk about the topics and we agree on them. But I was feeling a little frisky today and (laughs) I just wanted to surprise Katie with this one. Sue is totally, I have no idea what this scam is going to be and I'm so excited. Okay, so this is a story that was posted yesterday on the BBC. Um, I haven't found any more articles on it. So I'm going to, talk loosely about the story and quote from the story directly it mm. is an emotional scam Ooh. about babies on instagram oh no <laughs> is this gonna make me cry <laughs> no it's no pedophile it's not, not pedophile stealing shit. babies okay no, 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 no. okay um so apparently u.s couples are i guess the adoption system is so fucked up right now like it's mm-hmm. really hard to adopt adoption agencies are shady Like, it's just very difficult. So couples in the U.S. are posting on Instagram that they're looking to adopt with the hopes that they'll use a hashtag called, like, hoping to adopt is one and waiting to adopt. And then a mother, um, a birth mother who's looking to give up her need. Yeah. Her baby for adoption will find this couple who wants to adopt and they'll match and it'll be perfect. Um, okay. So are they also hoping to connect with other couples going through it? Like, is it, is it just simply to reach out to other couples, to, to the birth parents, or is it to connect with other couples? Cause I kind of get that people will hashtag preemie life and they'll hashtag my toddler's killing me. And so you can connect <laughs> with other parents and be like, this is hard. I think it is to bring awareness to like all the different the ways of becoming a parent as well, okay. but it's okay. primarily to connect with women birth mothers i think okay there are lots of like letterboard signs of like we're so and so and we're adopting like you know with the Mm -hmm. letters lots of those by the way the bbc thinks it's really weird that americans are doing this on instagram it is pretty weird well i mean instagram has become an american business really i mean we are connected with people over instagram we have guests via instagram like it's yeah americans are really using it as a 
wavelength that we're all on. Yeah. Imagine so, finding your child on Instagram. I mean, no yeah, shade, maybe. but it's weird. No, maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. All right. So I'm going to summarize this BBC article. We are in February 2019 in Michigan. It's very cold. There's 33-year-old <laughs> Samantha Stewart. She's folding laundry. She lives just outside of Detroit. She is looking for a baby. Um, and she gets a random message at 11 p.m. on her Instagram from someone named Ashley Mama Bear 2019. She uh-huh. doesn't know this person, but she accepts the message and, and starts reading. And the woman asks if she is looking to adopt still. And then this girl, Sam, looks at Ashley's Instagram feed. Um, Ashley's from Georgia. She has a bunch of selfies of her little baby bump um, and her boyfriend named Chris. Um, and they're both like lovingly touching their baby bump, his, her baby bump. <laughs> um, you know, the usual like pregnant things, but she's yeah. clearly young. She's clearly like 16. So it makes sense to Sam Oof. that Ashley wants to give up her baby for adoption. Okay. So Sam and Ashley are messaging like crazy. Sam, uh, Ashley tells Sam, Ashley is the birth mother. Ashley tells Sam that she had this crazy abusive life. Her parents were abusive. Her mother killed herself. She was raped by a brother at the age of 14, resulting in a premature baby, a little girl who was given up for adoption. So this is what she tells Sam to try to, like, get Sam. She's already on the road for adoption. Yeah, get Sam on her side, get her to believe mm-hmm. her, that sort of thing. So they're constantly in contact, Ashley and Sam. And then they're texting, and then they're texting more about the adoption plans. And at this point, like, there's been no official no stuff. Yeah. yeah, like no lawyer involved. No adoption agency, no lawyer involved, none of that stuff. But then sort of out of nowhere, Ashley starts messaging Sam these mean things and she says that she'd be a bad parent. And what? then, yeah, just this That's weird... That's a weird twist. I know. And, and just they stop talking. And then a month later, Ashley messaged Sam and says that her baby was born at 31 weeks. And then Sam was like, okay, we have to use the adoption agency. And Ashley kind of disappears a little bit. This is so upsetting. And then, so I know it is. Yeah. So then. No, I mean, I'm riveted. Yeah. And then, so Sam is about to like, they're making plans for her to go meet the baby. Um, One of the messages. Oh my God, I'm literally losing it. I can't wait to meet her. Sam says, I can't wait to spoil that pretty little baby. There are three days of nonstop talking. Then is Ash- there pictures of the baby being yeah, sent back and there's forth? Pictures oh. being sent back and forth. Then Ashley blocks Sam on Instagram. Um, Sam tries to call her and she doesn't pick up. And there's no explanation. It's just like she just like yeah. ghosts her completely. And there's no money exchange at this point, right? No money. Well, the BBC article doesn't say anything, but I know that with adoptions, there's a lot of money involved. Like mothers, when you do adoption agencies, there's a ton of money involved, and it's also it's lawyer fees and then also, well, a bunch of contracts to protect both parties, you know, to make sure. I And I believe a lot of contracts allow the mothers to still change their mind after the baby's born. Right. That's very understood. And from what I've heard is that the mother is given money for her, like, be, her living expenses yes. while she's having the baby. So tons of money is involved. But this article d- doesn't get into that. I don't know if okay. these two exchange money, but this article does not get into money at all. Okay. So then Ashley is, or Sam, the woman who wants to adopt, is like frustrated and she posts this big long Instagram post with a broken heart. Um, and then oh God, you can't do that. <laughs> talking all about what she's just been through. And then people start commenting and they're like, I went through that. I went through that. I went through that too. Um, in Utah, a couple named Crystal, Kristen and Michael have been contacted by Ashley and Chris by the same birth mother, Ashley. Oh. Um, through a different account, but with the same pictures. In Kentucky, Ashley contacts another woman. Wow. Uh-huh. And the same, it's the same pregnant pictures of this blonde-haired girl with her partner, like, lovingly touching her stomach that is going out to all these couples in Kentucky, Utah, Georgia, all over. And so, and, but it's all from different accounts. But it's all, all from different, different accounts. accounts. Okay. Yeah. So Ashley has a number of accounts. So um, she has an account from, so before she was Ashley and Chris, she has an account called Alyssa and Josh, Ciara and Daniel, Mackenzie and Matt, but they're the same pictures throughout. 
and she's just been conning these women, these women who want to adopt babies like throughout the country, um, mm-hmm. keeping up this this con for like a day or um, a few days or weeks or months just to manipulate these women, basically. And getting a lot of attention from them. Mm-hmm. Just getting that emotional attention and emotional investment. And then there's this lawyer, an adoption attorney based in Atlanta, who's even conned by this girl, too. What happened to him? She, Julie Wisotsky. Don't worry about it. Never going to get it. Never going to (laughs) try. I don't care to find out. Julie W. Julie W. The lawyer. Yes. A lawyer at an adoption agency in Athens um, was contacted by a 15-year-old who exchanged messages through the night as the girl claimed she was being admitted to the hospital. And desp- oh, my God. I know. And despite her 23 years of experience in the job, it took Julie nearly 24 hours to realize she was being conned. The final giveaway was an ultrasound image stripped of any of the identifying details of the mother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, was this actually a man? Uh, no, it gets better. <laughs> no. So there haven't been many legal ramifications because it's very like gray area, even though this woman, this girl has done it to so many people, um, this like adoption fraud kind of thing. And like emotional abuse in a and way. Emo- like th- the lawyer calls it an emotional scam, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We find out that the, this Ashley is actually linked to a girl named Ashley. And these are... Oh. Her photos, Ashley King, they're all her photos of her family and her baby and her pregnancy and of her partner. So, and those are real people that aren't this scammer. Yeah. So, the scammer has catfished people okay. using this other person's life, basically. Okay, okay. And this girl, Ashley King, is so freaked out to have photos of her newborn all over the internet on another yeah, person's that's Instagram so fucked account. Up. Can you imagine? Like, that's just... why Alan will let me put anything. Yeah. And it, it kind of makes sense because anybody could steal those baby's photos and use them for anything. Yeah. She files a police report. And of course, she's like super paranoid. She says, now I have to look over sho- my shoulder to make sure this woman isn't watching me and my kid because she knows where I live. It's really scary. Well, I, you got to move, Ashley. <laughs> you got to move. <laughs> you got to get a nose job and you'll be OK. You know, you got to Can't she get, get some sort you know, of government protection? I mean... Just, I guess, but it sounds like the government doesn't really care. No, they don't care about babies. <laughs> Please don't at me, but they don't, they don't care about... They only care if they're unborn. Yeah. Let's be honest. Once they're born... I don't want your comments, but I have my feeling about the government and these little babies. Yes. Okay, so in order to contact these people, the scammer, Ashley, um, fake Ashley uses a Google web... VOIP number so it's like these numbers that can't be traced but the reporter googles it and finds it linked to a random slime website What's a slime website like sex you know slime oh. no no like slime like that kids, kids play slime? with slime yes like yeah yes. or something yes so they like make slime and sell <laughs> slime on like Etsy and eBay and shit um, so this phone number is linked to a slime website what? where some kid is like selling slime <gasps> and selling uh, cupcakes as what? well. So the reporter doesn't say that full out, but she thinks that um, this is the scammer. Um, this person's name is Gabby. Her real name is Gabby. Um, and she calls the number and she talks to Gabby. And then uh, she asks Gabby a question and Gabby hangs up. Yeah. So... And then the reporter finds an Instagram account for Gabby. And the reporter does not link this Instagram, which is so frustrating because I want to <laughs> I want to stalk this girl so bad. Or it is a girl, like it's like a teenage girl um, making slime and speaking. And a lot of the moms are like, oh, this is the voice I heard on the phone when I was talking to the person on the phone. Oh my God. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah. So the the mothers immediately recognize her because I'm sure because you're hooked into this person so tight because you mm-hmm. want the solution to your oh my god so it's some girl named Gabby we think she lives in Atlanta or somewhere in Georgia because she knows the area very well how um, old is she do they think we think she's like in she's like a teenager and she's just doing it for attention and emotional support oh, like no. there's no mention of money anywhere in this article at all. Do you think Gabby actually was 
like maybe her mother the facts it sounds like somebody who would do this like maybe her mother did kill herself maybe she was raped like maybe this is those facts were real and then everything else is just crazy or no no i think maybe one of those things you know yeah like yeah. all of those things sounds like somebody just made it up that's for true a it's like, a lot of stuff at once. Yeah, yeah. So the article ends this way, and it's a beautiful ending. It's another mm. rainy Sunday in Michigan near Detroit, and Sam receives another random direct message from someone she does not know. And then 12 days later, they adopt their new baby, Parker. Mm-hmm. So it did work. It worked for her in the end. Yeah. What? That yeah. is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like even so in the exact same way she started with like a random DM from someone she didn't know. And she still had faith in the process. That is blows my mind because I would have been wrecked. Yeah. Also, this is sort of like the plot of Baby Mama. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Kind of to like lie and say, you know, you do have a baby and it's not really there. But um, Jesus yeah. Christ. You know, what a roller coaster. So the story is on BBC. It's by Naomi palace and it is called the fake baby instagram adoption scam great job naomi i know great reporting I, I will link it in the show notes really great reporting because i tried to find some of these instagram accounts and i couldn't there was like nothing so yeah so that's it so like people are scamming people for babies on instagram for like emotions and love but then people are also giving away their babies on instagram is the oh gist of it, God. Katie. <laughs> what a roller coaster. What a world we live oh, in. I thought you were going to talk about international adoptions because I have two cousins adopted from Russia and I know all about the international adoption route and I'm like fascinated with, uh, fascinated with all of that. Naomi does say that international adoptions are getting much harder and they that's are. why people in the U.S. are so desperate and they're turning to like things like Instagram. Yeah, I hope these women can connect and be together and I hope there's a happy ending to all these other women's stories. I love I love that people are being there's more of a dialogue about different yeah. paths to motherhood. Yeah. And also the yearning to be a mother is so painful that that is really what this scam artist is that's really what she's cashing in on is the extreme emotional pain that these women are in and the attention that they will devote to have this experience in their life that a lot of them have always wanted and yeah. for whatever reason can't. And so she was just like collecting all of that and, mm -hmm. you know, as well as making slime in her part time, you know, <laughs> you got to work. <laughs> you yeah. got to work. You got to bust. What a hustler. <laughs> what a hustler. Who has time to be texting about fake babies and making slime? Aren't your hands dirty? <laughs> oh, how can you text with those fingers? I know. Is she in high school? What's happening? Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you, Sue. Thank you for not telling me because I would have Googled <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hi, guys. We were able to get a special interview with the author of this article about the adoption scam, Naomi Palace, and uh, she just shed some light on what it's like to be a little slime girl in the world. So hope you enjoy it. So we um, recapped the article a little bit. We already recorded that bit of info, but we wanted to ask you a little bit about your recording process. Um, like, what drew you to this? How you were able to find so many women who were affected by um, this one particular scammer? And um, whether you actually located her and, and tracked her down. It was a little, I was like, oh, I want to know who this girl is. So tell us more about the process. Yeah, sure. So um, I was on Instagram and I saw this post by a woman called Samantha where she had said that she'd had this very horrible experience where a woman has been contacting her, offering her baby. Um, and then she had posted this photo on Instagram and had kind of done this big, long comment saying how heartbroken she was. And she, as far as she knew, she was the only one. But mm -hmm. in the comment yeah. section, there was like, they just stacked up underneath basically all, all these other women from within the same adoption community saying that they'd had a really similar experience. Mm -hmm. And so she, when I first got in touch with her, it was at the point when she'd kind of been talking to a couple of these women and they'd kind of organized themselves into a little bit of a group. And they had found um, a lady whose all of her photos had been stolen by the scammer. And then they kind of left it there. So when I came in, 
I talked to Sam and she sent me all the transcripts through of all of her conversations with this woman and they were absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. she, the, she was so manipulative, she was so awful. It's completely crazy that she was talking to Sam in February and Samantha told her to go away. And then when she got back in touch in March, she was so manipulative, she just completely got straight back in there. And then the stuff she was saying was just like, you're not, you can't be a mother. There's no reason that... Oh, that's horrible. It was awful. Anyway, yeah. so I talked to her about that. And then she put a couple of feelers out. I got in touch with a lot of people who... It's quite a small community of people that want to adopt. Um, mm. So there were, a, there were a couple of groups. So I went on them and I talked to people. And then by word of mouth, people would kind of get in touch. But a lot of them wanted to be off the record because they were scared. Um, so I managed to get 10 women who were on the record who this has happened to. But I think there's wow. probably at least, i say over 30. Wow. wow. But that's a conservative estimate because as far as I'm concerned, she's been doing this for at least three years. Oh, my God. Spoken to, so it's 10 women since February this year. Um, so you can't imagine how many couples it's probably been since 2013 the same girl has targeted at least like 30 women this year yes so it's quite complex but she uses various different instagram accounts but um and has different personas but of each Mm -hmm. of the personas that i've identified she has called someone off the same phone numbers And they've always got a very similar story that she's uh, 15, 16, 17 years old. She's from Georgia. Mm -hmm. She's pregnant. She's got an older boyfriend. There's a lot of talk of uh, rape by her brother. Her mother's died Mm -hmm. of suicide. It's this very sad story. And it's very, Mm -hmm. very similar with every different account, despite Mm -hmm. using different names and photos. Can I ask really quick, what drew you to this story? Um... Oh, good question. I don't know. So I work I work in a department where we do human interest stories. And I just thought it was a really interesting indication of the adoption scene in America and social media and kind of how things are moving online and how things can go slightly awry when they um, go online. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of what drew me to it. Is Great. there anything... Yeah. Is there anything like this have you seen in the UK? No. So in the UK, private adoption is illegal. Oh, okay. This could never, ever happen here, which is mm. more interesting to me um, as an outsider because everything's gone to go see the government agency over here. That's probably good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were blown away by your reporting. I mean, you did, you basically were... A detective at the same time it was it seemed like there were so many levels and how um once you started digging did it just sort of take over your life I mean I can't imagine it seems like this was just an enormous story I definitely have sacrificed friends and relationships in the last month <laughs> <laughs> just because I've just always had like slime on my mind <laughs> slime on the mind that's what, yeah <laughs> but it was, it's was it been enjoyable I think it was very satisfying when I kind of found the phone number tracked it through and then I think to make myself happy and content that this was the person I did a lot more investigation than even went in the piece so I spoke to her school friends mm. I spoke to ex-partners so I was pretty oh, wow. 100% sure that it was this person doing it can't make it into the story because we didn't want to fully identify her yeah sure yeah what was that why was what was that choice about not to fully identify her so we had lots of pained meetings um with the editorial department and my editor um we came to the conclusion that anyone that is doing such a sustained attack basically is what it is on couples for so much of their life isn't a they're not totally in a happy place in their life a well person yeah and we thought that they potentially there was probably some mental health issues going on mm-hmm. and although there was we were talking even of giving her an anonymity but we didn't 
obviously what she's doing is really hurtful and quite awful. And so we didn't want to give her the the pledge, like the, what's, what's the right word for it? The kind of gift. She deserves mm-hmm. to, she deserves to be known. But I think we were kind of worried about her safety, particularly in her community. So we mm. didn't name her town. Um, we didn't name the link of how she knew the people who she'd taken the photos of. Mm. Because that would make her very identifiable with her community within her community, and I think what she's doing is so has upset so many people that we couldn't be sure for her safety, and because she wouldn't respond to any of our requests for interview, we just didn't know what was going on there, and we didn't want to put her at risk. Look at you with the journalistic integrity. <laughs> That's so good the BBC <laughs> um so do what do you think her wait oh wait did you get a chance to talk to her at all uh, like on the phone on Facebook and mm-hmm. I said hey we know I'm investigating what you're doing and I'm looking into lots of uh messages that have been sent from this account in the past and some that which have been sent to a, a phone number which is linked to your account Mm-hmm. Um, and would you like to talk to me about this? And she was like, lol, no, go away. That's mm-hmm. not me. And then I said, look, I've got loads of evidence of you. You can make this right by talking to me about mm-hmm. it. And I think if you apologised, you'd put a lot of, I think a lot of people would forgive you because they're really lovely couples. Um, and she was interested for maybe a message or two. And then she just blocked me. Mm. She also blocked my producer um, when we, mm. we sent her uh, a list of the allegations we were making. Um, we also were in contact with her her father, but he also wasn't replying to us. That's really surprising because it seems like she was doing this for the attention. I know. And that she would would want the attention. Yeah, what do you think her motivation is? Because you don't describe any, um, like, financial transactions at all, right? No. Did you uncover any? No, no, she's never asked for money. Um, Never, ever. But, so, I'm not totally, obviously, it's all hypothetical. And Right. But the fact that she never asked for money, but, and she keeps people on the phone for hours and hours yeah like she people I've spoken to would say that she would be on the phone and she would be having conversations with other people she would be doing other things but she would just kind of want you to be on the phone and people would say oh shall I hang up and you can you can call me later because you clearly are busy and she'd say no no and then she'd go back to talking to them so that I think from that it's just for attention and it seems like it mm-hmm. might be a loneliness thing Mm-hmm. And to have like a purpose, maybe in her world, in her mind. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's never been money. But the the flip side is, she could be really cold hearted. She could know the law, and she could know that because she's not asking for money, there's very little that can be done to prosecute her. Mm. So it's more just like harassment in a way. And you contacted her dad. Do her, do her parents know what she's doing? Yeah. So in 2016, a woman called Jessica was contacted by her and because it was slightly earlier days of social media uh, she actually talked to Gabby for a month um so she really thought she was getting a baby yeah when it all fell apart uh, Jessica messaged a family member of Gabby and said that this had happened and then the family member said that that was actually something that Gabby regularly had done in the past (sighs) she just couldn't be stopped oh and then this family member has since cut off contact um, I talked to her, but she didn't want to go on the record. So Wow. This is so layered. And did you, while you were going through all of this, was was this incredibly stressful for you? Was it shocking? Like, what was your feeling throughout this process? Um, I got quite close to talking to a lot of the couples who were involved. Yeah. So my heart really broke for them. I think yeah. as a the whole it's doing a disservice the whole adoption community like women who want to adopt but also women who want to place their child for adoption because it's just making everyone distrustful Mm. and it's so rife like I I I messaged a woman on Instagram to ask if I could use one of her pictures for the article Mm -hmm. she asked what the article was about and I told her and she went oh yeah they contacted me 
and it's like at every term someone's being like yeah she contacted me a woman just reached out to me on twitter this morning she's an nbc chorus like an nbc reporter i think she's Mm -hmm. it happened to her with the same person (gasps) so i think just because it's so widespread, my kind of constant thing was just (laughs) oh my god and then it got as it got stranger and stranger I discovered she sold slime <laughs> that is the that's such a thing funny twist me. i love it i know <laughs> at the end of the day teenagers just love slime guys they just love they just it. love slime the thing is she's not even a teenager she's 23 years old <laughs> oh she is oh. i thought she was still a kid me too she's the grown-ass Ugh. woman who should not be playing with slime <laughs> No, ew. that is insane. But yeah, I think when it was, it was the twist of finding out that she had the slime website, and then when I found out that she would stolen the all of, she knew the woman who she stolen all the photos from. <sighs> oh, she, oh my god! She knows her on a personal level, like she's friends. Yeah, with her. you mentioned in the article that you had a feeling that there was some connection that it couldn't have just been. Hunt that she knew too many personal details. Exactly. So they're yeah, from yeah. the same area. And when I told Ashley, who'd had her fo- photo stolen, she went through her messages and she just found, well, hundreds of messages from Gabby um, asking for very strange requests and pictures. Oh my gosh. Oh, why? Uh, she was obviously freaked out. I'm, I'm not sure how she missed them. She said she had a premature baby. So she was kind of taken up with that. And when she was just getting these messages, just through, she oh, yeah. Thinking. But I think when wow. I found out, I was like, this is a crazy story because she hadn't really covered her tracks as much mm-hmm. as I would have expected. In some ways, she was really smart because she, she used internet phone numbers, she used VPNs. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then she was really stupid and called off her phone number sometimes. That's her real mobile number that's registered to a family member. It seems like she was also like really desperate at times. Like if this is what she, if this was like her addiction or her fix, like if she didn't have time to get a Google number, Google Hangout, she would just need that at that moment. That could be the case. That could definitely yeah. be the case. Um, so I know at the end of the article, you give us this twist that Sam actually gets the baby this way. In your personal opinion, what is, you know, what do you think of, getting babies on Instagram <laughs> I think I think if it's done responsibly I it's a can it can be a great way to connect with people because um in Samantha's case her her, her expectant mother um found her they met up really quickly obviously at the, every stage there was a specialist adoption expert involved yeah mm-hmm. rogue obviously I would not condemn never having a, a kind of an expert involved but so Sam's social worker came along for it um and then the you didn't have to go through court the woman really enjoyed the sense of control so I think in that way it is good but obviously it's just got to be treated with so much caution mm. but at least a lot of like personal responsibility and work it seems like are involved on both sides of the situation yeah um but the another woman who I interviewed for the article has just got a baby via Instagram. She just messaged me yesterday. So wow, it's a thing, definitely. Wow, and it seems some people are very help happy. Yeah, yeah, and it's made yeah exactly. It's made people really happy, and it's made some nice homes. <laughs> but wow, Crow made a lot of heartbreak. I think <laughs> she's yeah. really so. She, she's really just like a she's a catfisher but for families and mothers. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And did you get a feeling that, like, some... We we had, like, guessed this, but I'm not sure if it was correct, that some of the things that she was saying in her really sad saga story were true? Like, maybe she did have issues with family members, or was that all just part of the made-up story? Um, Just no idea. Yeah. 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 I know that her mother wasn't alive, and that was often something that she would tell people. Um, mm-hmm. but as for the other stuff, I don't know. I mean, a lot of it was very extreme, which right. would make me think it potentially was a fabrication, but it, right. her existence and it was very sad and it makes a lot of sense why she would be doing that. 
Right. Wow. She made up a lot of lies. So I would be hesitant to say that it was based on fact. And is her, I tried to look for her, is her account still active? Like all of these accounts yeah, are no longer active. It? Is she still doing it? I told Instagram about it and they have shut all of her Instagrams down. Okay. Wow. However, she has been on adoption.com. Mm-hmm. doing it and wow. I spoke to Samantha this morning and she told me that she got a message from a lady who got contacted after the article had been published by an Instagram account doing the same thing uh it seems like this has not stopped her <laughs> do you think oh that gosh. there are other people doing this or that she's like the main one no um so there's a very well-known woman called April Renee Lusk Mm-hmm. who has been doing this for years, mm-hmm. never been convicted for emotional adoption fraud, but she's been convicted for other things and she's well known within the adoption community. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of others. I don't think this is a one-off thing, but I don't think it's hugely widespread and it's obviously far more common for people to try and get money. Mm. A handful mm-hmm. of people who do this for emotional pleasure. Oh my gosh. This is so crazy. I just can't <laughs> get over this. This is so crazy. And is how, this... um, I was going to say really quick, how is the mother whose identity was taken? Have you, how is her space right now? I mean, she definitely seemed, and we could read from the article that she's paranoid. Like, did they make any extreme changes in their lifestyle or? Um, yeah, so she's really stopped posting publicly on social media. Her accounts are all on lockdown. Because um, originally she thought that this was being taken because all of her photos were public, which they mm-hmm. were quite public. Because obviously it was very easy for the adoptive mothers to find her account. Sure. Mm-hmm. She then made it very private, but obviously halfway through I realized that she was Facebook and Instagram friends with the person who had been stealing them. So no matter how mm-hmm. private she made them, the woman was there. Right. Wow. So she has now since deleted the woman, obviously, off the account. Right. And she's, she's said she's a lot more hesitant now. And she's quite scared of going on social media. Wow. Oh, yeah. This, actually, she's not the only woman who had her photos stolen. There were other women who I spoke to who this same person had taken their photos or had message them asking for strange requests and pictures of their babies presumably for some other account she were running that I probably haven't even come across oh yikes oh gosh. I think there's definitely more that I haven't captured I just the only ones I put in the article were the ones that I could very very strongly verify mm-hmm. this is what? so creepy <laughs> it's so crazy <laughs> Is there any advice that you would give to families looking to adopt via Instagram, things to watch out for or tips? I think speak to professionals is like the number one because they will be able to advise you. And often the professionals are the ones that have nipped this particular scammer in the bud and have stopped it. Mm. So do that. Uh I think you have to be wary. Obviously, people are desperate for to start a family and just to get the process started. But you just need to be be careful with these things and just always refer to your adoption specialist. And if they're not making the attempt to connect uh, connect with a specialist, they're probably too big, good to be true. And also, if you go on, there's a Yahoo group um about adoption scams and if you go on there there's loads of advice lots of people who can help you who are more expert than me and um right yeah i think that's the best thing to do but yeah just try Um, not to get your heart broken basically (laughs) because there's mean people out there that Mm want to take advantage they just don't act right (laughs) people just don't act right yeah (laughs) i mean basically that's it Well, thank you for your in-depth reporting. Thank you for sacrificing your personal relationships for a month for this. <laughs> I just, we, 
I said to say we have to connect with her because this is such great journalism, just the amount of work you did. Yeah. And it's so, and there's so many people, there's so many players involved, and it just seems like it was a huge undertaking, and we really just loved your work. Oh, thanks, guys. It means a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and so, again, if you have any crazy scams, send them to us. Send us your feelings, mm -hmm. um, your DM us, video messages. Maybe we'll your positive it. feelings, though, because, like, we're very sensitive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sue and I are currently both, like, <laughs> hovered over mics with various things on our heads to work on this for you guys. So just know, like, we love you and... We're very sensitive people. We're fragile people. We have to put things <laughs> on our heads and wrap ourselves in blankets. It's the only yeah. way we can exist in the world. <laughs> it is the only way. Um, oh. So if you have anything to say that's nice, um, you can email I'll us at scamwellpodcast.gmail.com. We're on Instagram and all the things at scamwellpodcast. Or you can call our hot tub hotline at 347-509-9414 if you want. And yeah. Oh, we're taking next week off for Labor Day just to take a little baby break and then you know we'll we're living back. our lives yeah living our lives and then we'll be back the next week yes and we have so many great guests planned and even like the rest of this year mm. i'm very excited we've, we have some hot stuff do you know we've almost been doing this for a year already really in october yeah. look at us i know all right you guys okay guys see you in a couple <laughs> weeks we love you we love you bye, bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.